Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it, and one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. So one industry that has become increasingly popular over the past few years is skincare. That's right, face masks, moisturizers, and serums have been flying off the shelves, especially during the pandemic. And it's so great to hear. Because properly treating and enhancing our skin is both physically and mentally rewarding. And this week's guest, Mira Peterson, knows a thing or two about the benefits of skincare and clean makeup. Mira is the co-founder of the fast-growing clean skincare and makeup company, Juno & Co., And I'm so thrilled to have her on to chat about the beauty industry and share her success with the company. As a young mother out of college, Mira's career began when she accepted a retail position at Ulta Beauty. Her career experience grew and passion for the industry took off, and Mira launched Juno & Co. in 2017 with her business partner, Kevin. Since its founding, Juno has been creating a name for itself in the skincare and makeup industries, attracting customers with their clean beauty promises and affordable prices. I can't wait for you to hear from Mira and learn all about the company, so you know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. Mira Peterson, you are the co-founder of the beauty brand Juno & Co. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm so excited to talk about the brand and your journey with that. So, um, you know, we had mentioned that motherhood really launched your career path, if you will. So um, if you want to just explain to listeners how you really got involved with the beauty industry and how uh, motherhood was a part of that. Sure. Um, it actually, I actually wanted to have my own fashion boutique when I got out of college. And it was 2008. So at the time, the economy was in the total dumps. Um, and I wasn't getting a loan. And I had a kid at the time, I think he was about two years old. And I was like, well, I got to pay the bill somehow. Um, and I walked into an Ulta asking for like, you know, the lowest of the low positions in the store, just because I really, really needed a job at the time. And I ended up getting the job um, when I walked in. Um, From there, I went from sales associate, then in a couple couple of months, I became the store manager. Um, And then I quit that job, started my own beauty blog. Uh, This is like 2008. Um, And then I started doing consulting with other emerging beauty brands. And then I had a friend that was looking for a social media manager for this up and coming startup, which was called MyGlam at the time, it's Ipsy now. Um, and so I became the first employee of Ipsy. Um, and from there we grew from 25,000 subscribers to a million by the time I left. Um, and I decided to take a break when that happened. And then Kyle, who I actually met when I was writing as a fashion blogger, um, was like, Hey, you know what? Nice to see each other again. I have this idea. I need someone to headline the marketing. I know you're good with community because of your experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of where Juno was born. It was like these two, like he was great at operations and business and all that entrepreneur stuff. And then I was good at the community aspect and the marketing aspect and together that's where Juno came together. Amazing. So if you will, for anybody who doesn't know, sort of introduce and explain what Juno is, what your mission is, what you're selling, uh, all the good stuff. 
Yeah. So Juno is actually a Kickstarter uh, crowdfunded company. We started as Makeup Mirror um, back in 2016, and we raised half a million in three months with that um, with that project. And from there, we decided to keep going with Makeup Tools, and we did a lot of data testing and you know user feedback, customer interviews, and found out what people really wanted was a makeup sponge that didn't absorb. Uh, product, right? Because it gets Mm -hmm. costly, it's gross, whatever. Um, And that's how we kind of went to the labs and figured out that microfiber was really the best thing for a makeup sponge because it doesn't collect product, it's antimicrobial. um, And that's the microfiber makeup sponge, which is our tool that we are known for, um, you know, was created from that and went viral um, when a couple of beauty bloggers started talking about us. Right. So you sold over 500,000 of those sponges? Yes. In three months, it was insane. That's amazing. So was that the magic moment where it was like, okay, we're doing something really right? Well, I feel like the Kickstarter was because we really only wanted 25,000 in funding when we did the Kickstarter and we got half a million and that was insane. And that's when we were like, okay, community is the key, you know, making things that people want, you know, solutions creating solutions for problems that are already there that nobody else has tapped into. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it was like beyond my dreams when we, you know, when all these bloggers were talking about us, because I feel like that's the best feedback you can ever get that you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. It's like honest, organic compliments. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so now how would you, um, I guess, best describe your brand? Like what is your typical consumer? So from somebody that comes from super duper humble beginnings, I've always gravitated towards affordable, innovative brands. Mm -hmm. Um, We try and keep everything under $20. We make sure that they're the best quality possible. um, And we just want things that people will completely fall in love with from the product design to the the quality of ingredients, everything just super value and super, you know, stuff to fall in love with that you can't live without. I love that. And, you know, I've had different uh, individuals from the beauty industry, uh, beauty founders on the podcast before, and it's a theme that typically comes up is affordability. Um, I think with a lot of different products, um, but especially with beauty and makeup and skincare, you want to be treating your skin properly. You want to be using products that make you look good, but you don't want to have to dump your whole wallet to do it. Right. And that's the funny thing, because being in the industry for this long, I was in it when people were charging like $100, $50 for like something that was like so tiny, three ounces. And like being at the, as a store manager and seeing the cost of the product and how much we were selling it for, that hike up, it was insane. And these mm-hmm. are big brands that I still buy from. Um, right. and But then now that people are like breaking down those barriers and, you know, educating people, I think it's a really great revolution. Mm-hmm. So you do sell skincare products now as well. How has that sort of chapter been? It's been really great. And it's a whole different market that we're tapping into thanks to TikTok. Um, We found like with our SpongeBob that we just released, like TikTok was the way. So we did the same thing for our Juno skin line. Um, And also because everybody's at home, you know, reading, getting, you know, all the knowledge, you know, from these amazing things that we have in our hands all day, people become their own bathroom chemists and they are paying attention to the ingredients. They know the scientific terms of them, what they do, what is hyaluronic acid, what are emollients, you know, they know now. So we can't, you know, people can't 
put in things that people know that are bad for them. And that's incredible to me. Everybody's their own dermatologist. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think for me, at least speaking for myself, um, I've always had an interest and I guess passion for skincare and makeup. Like I want to use products that benefit my skin. Right. But up until recently, I think when quarantine hit and we had a bunch of extra time on our hands, um, I started watching a lot of videos. I went on the deep dive <laughs> of YouTube and um, I, you know, found YouTuber Hiram. He does amazing oh my skincare God. videos. I've I become obsessed with him. And again, somebody I found really because of quarantine and this extra time that I had. Um, and then the Vogue and Harper's Bazaar uh, go to bed with me and, and skincare and makeup routines. Those just have been so much fun to watch. But it's been so helpful to hear people talk about, and again, they don't have to be experts, but people to just bring up the different ingredients and products. And it made me realize, oh, wait, yeah, what am I using on my skin? Should I be using something that's better? Even makeup. I don't want to be using something that's drying my skin or making it not appear in the best form it could be. Um, so that's been, I guess, something really exciting for me is to learn about the ingredients. So you do, you prefer to go the more clean route, I guess, with Juno and Co? Yes, we went and did our own standard of clean, which is like the cleanest clean we could find, like even compared to like the competitors out there that are saying that they're clean ingredients. And we <laughs> actually downsized our formula so that they are 10 ingredients or less because we know that if there's less ingredients, even if, I mean, and we wanted them to be potent and effective, but if there's less ingredients, there's, there's lesser things that your skin can react to, making it good for like sensitive skin. Um, sure. Because most of these products have around 30 plus. And like, you don't want to do a guessing game of like, what does my skin hate, you know? Exactly, so we wanted yeah. to keep it small. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's great too, because again, for me, I, when I try out a new brand, especially, I want to try out different things and see what works and what doesn't, but you don't want to be dumping again, dumping all yes. the money you have into something <laughs> that might not work. And then, um, you know, it's just a mess, but you it's brought okay. up. TikTok, which I want to get into because I know it's it's been huge, and sadly I don't have TikTok. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I, it's just one of those things that I, I'm trying my my hardest not to get it because <laughs> I feel like it's such it's one of those things that it's going to consume me. So I want to know, I guess, from someone who's been at from a marketing standpoint, um, someone who's worked in marketing. How has social media, I mean, impacted your brand and how you're reaching your, your audience, your demographics? Like TikTok itself or like everything? TikTok, because I've Instagram, been everything. <laughs> so I actually was in the beginning, I was probably one of the first people to get on TikTok. I mean, not TikTok, sorry, Twitter. Mm -hmm. So I go that far back into social media. Um, but back then, especially with Michelle Fawn, when we did Ipsy, you know, she was one of the few beauty bloggers at that time that had, you know, close to a million followers. And now almost everybody has it and almost mm -hmm. everybody's a beauty blogger. So, of course, marketing, capitalism, <laughs> they found a way to monetize it. Right. Um, and that's the great thing about TikTok is that people like Facebook or IG, you know, they're paying people. The people are having to pay to get in front of other people. Um, and they have like this really tricky algorithm that, you know, nobody's been able to really dissect yet. Um, but TikTok itself is like, is like, IG like six years ago where mm -hmm. like it's anybody's game anybody there can get famous you know right. um and that's the difference and I figured it's because they just haven't really found a way to monetize from it 
Um, but yeah, the landscape has changed. Like bloggers themselves, their authenticity is starting to decline. You know, micro influencers are going to be the future of like advertising because you know people don't want to pay and pay for a product that other people are getting paid to say that they're good. You know, honesty sure. needs to be there, transparency. Um, I feel like that's the climate now. Yeah, I love asking because I feel like, I mean, it has. Social media has grown into its own thing. Like you said, anything goes. You can make of it what you will. Um, and I think it's so interesting with brands and, you know, companies who uh, have their social media pages and, and TikToks now and, and what you can yeah. do with it. It's really wild. But I'm so curious. So um, I was reading actually an interview that you did. And you had mentioned uh, representation came up. And I'm really curious. So as someone in the beauty industry, and way back when, I guess we can go back in time, as somebody who wanted to enter into the beauty industry, did you feel that you as an individual, but also what you wanted out of the beauty industry was being represented? Um, Totally no. <laughs> and it was a bunch of men that were leading these companies at that time. Sure. When I worked at Ulta and we needed to meet the founder of a company, it was almost always a guy. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'd be like, holy crap, that's crazy, you know? So it to- like, like the time is now where, where I'm actually seeing a change. Um, but, yeah, no. Like, another mm-hmm. reason I didn't continue with fashion is that I looked at everybody in fashion and was like, you know, I'm not like these people. I don't think like them. I can't relate. Like, I probably won't fit in. And so I went the beauty route just because I had a mentor that was really supportive of me. Um, and she was an Asian woman and one of my only Asian bosses that I've ever had. Um, so it takes like that one person that can re- represent you in a way to really help you get through that. So yeah, I'm huge on representation. Yeah, because I, I do. I feel like if there's not representation in the management, the hierarchy, if you will, there's not going to be representation and inclusivity in the products. Absolutely. Uh, And I know that's such a big thing with makeup, especially. Oh my goodness. Having stuff that's inclusive for everyone. It's such an issue. But again, I I think hopefully, unless I'm too much of an optimist, one day (laughs) I see really starting to change. Um, Right now, I know there's so many um, different brands that are really making a, a positive move forward. Totally. And Rihanna, she's like the perfect example for that, right? Like mm-hmm. she really made a call for foundation and all uh, skin tones. And then all of a sudden everybody, you know, joined that club. And Matt was like, oh, we've always been doing that. But like, have you really? Like if that was the case, right. you know, why is Rihanna coming out and saying this? So, And I, I, I think hopefully, again, like, like you mentioned, like big, big names in the beauty industry and just in the... I guess world in general will hopefully uh, step up to the plate and, and pave the path for, for others and spark the change. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's an exciting time for beauty. And especially because also people are so inspired by everybody else that's making that stand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The next generation is really going to kill it. Right. Well, I'm so curious. So do you have... Um, I want to know, like, do you have any new projects that you're working on with Juno and Co? Uh, how has the pandemic impacted you guys and sort of what you're trying to create? So it's really funny. Before the pandemic, we had this whole color library ready to launch. Uh, we also were working on skincare at the time. But when this happened, we decided to just focus everything we had on the skincare part. And that's how Juno's skin was made. Um, 
my co-founder, the CEO, Kyle, he actually pre-pandemic went to Japan and spent a couple of months there just looking for a lab to really Mm -hmm. deliver, deliver these products that we wanted with the minimal ingredients, the potent, the, you know, um, revolutionary, uh, barley ferment, which we have, um, fermentation is really going to be our key component. And, um, we have two more products coming out at the same time with our cleansing bomb, uh, which is a face mask with CBD and then a kale mask, uh, which is a detoxifying face mask. It's a really, like, it's a really good time to, you know, test out self-care, not test out, it's a really good time to really just focus on self-care since we're mm-hmm. home and since we're all stressed out. <laughs> so we figured that face masks were going to be a great benefit for everybody that we could provide. Uh, so amazing. those guys are coming up and of course the rest of the line. Yeah, I think like you said, self-care. That's a, I've been hearing that from a lot of people that they've been really, again, with all the time on their hands, being able to focus on themselves, whether it's working out or doing a face mask or whatever it may be. Um, So yeah, would you say, uh, has business been booming during the pandemic? Have people, have your uh, customers been really, really interested in all this skincare? Have you seen any sort of trends with that? I think people are really interested in skincare. Um, I can't answer that just yet, just because we haven't like fully launched, but our email list for the early access mm-hmm. is pretty large itself. So people are excited. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we haven't really, like, we're doing okay, like through this pandemic. I don't know if I should say that. <laughs> <laughs> the number part, like we should probably ask Kyle, but I know we're okay. Mm-hmm. We're doing all right. Well, that's good. That's good. Because we had the SpongeBob launch. We got really lucky. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody wants like a little piece of joy during this time. And SpongeBob is a nice nostalgic uh, item to get that. Who doesn't love them? I mean, <laughs> the best. Exactly. <laughs> so jolly. It's literally what we need right now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I, yeah, like I said, I think it's really interesting to see. I, I hope with self care, people continue to indulge in it after this pandemic like, I don't who knows like, how do long you notice be. like how much we weren't taking care of ourselves before yes. all this yeah <laughs> well I may have even mentioned this in an episode before or something I feel like I talked about this in the past but a lot of the times when I would do a face mask it was like at 10 o'clock at night I was always doing something else while doing it and I was just squeezing it into my routine like I never I, I never really I guess, focused on a complete beauty routine. I would have steps that I would do, but it was never just like taking the time to sit down and get it all done. Um, Yeah, it's, but now, you know, it's something that I hope will, I'll just continue on with me after this pandemic and (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Totally. But I want to know, so what's been the most challenging thing as a businesswoman, as a businesswoman and mother that you've, I guess, experienced throughout this whole journey? Um, I think one thing that's been the hardest is knowing what to prioritize, especially when you are constantly pulled by different forces. Mm -hmm. You're getting pulled by your kids, your boss, your husband, your friends, your family, you know, knowing what really matters to you and what your values are is what's important in order to figure out what you need to prioritize first. Like people are always saying, you know, there's not enough time in the day. There really isn't, but 
if you are able to like write a list and this is what I do every morning is that you write a list of things that you have to get done, what you need to get done and what you want to get done and try and figure out a middle line to get through it step by step. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the hardest part because like, you know, especially as women, I don't know if it's every woman, but me, like my guilt and my ability to say no is really, (laughs) it's it's like, it's always teetering, you know? So being, being able to be honest and okay with, you know, people hating you sometimes, that's important. No, that's actually really great advice. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think that's something I've been really trying to focus on this year is like, it's okay to say no to something. We, you're right. As women, as probably people in general, like we're a stressful society. We, again, I live in New York, like it's go, go, go all the time. There's not a lot of chances to just take time and relax and even when you try and like do dinner with friends it's you're always spreading yourself so thin and taking the time for yourself and for your family for whatever it's it's so important and that's one thing I'm hoping will happen after the pandemic is like you know, before it was like, oh, I have to do this. Oh, I hate this, but I have to do it. Like now, like we should be able to pick and choose. Like we want to do this. This is good for us. This is good for this. You know, like mm-hmm. that's what I'm hoping to travel out of this. Yeah, that's amazing. So where can people find Juno and Co then? Um, you can find it at the Juno, uh, co.com and you can find us online at the Juno Co and on TikTok at Juno Co. <laughs> Yeah, TikTok. I'm telling you, it's amazing. So what would you say, I guess, there's a lot of, you know, as we talked about, there's a lot of skincare and makeup companies out there. What would you say at the end of the day sets Juno apart from all those other brands? Everything that we do, we want one innovative, um, one innovative, let me say that again. Everything that we do, we want one innovative quality um, inside it. So our sponge, it was microfiber. Our moonshine primer, it was a hybrid moisturizer with hyaluronic acid and vitamin E. Our Juno skin, it's fermented barley, which actually is a probiotic that breaks down, um, the components of your skin so that you can better absorb the active ingredients. Like everything we do, we have like thought it through like thoroughly to ensure that this is a product that you will absolutely love. Um, and we keep it under 20 bucks. Right. Yeah. So important. And what would you say is your absolute favorite product? I'm still like a, a sponge fan, a sponge fan all the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still like a microfiber sponge fan all the way. Amazing. Because that, have you tried it? Because, I have not. I literally, yeah. when I was doing my research, I went on the site and I was just so blown away. Like they're, they look amazing. <laughs> it's like airbrush finish all the way. If you like that look, it's the one. If not, there's another sponge we have that's good for a natural look. Um, but yeah, I can't live without it. Yeah, I love sponges. And if I don't have a sponge, yeah. I just use my hands. But <laughs> <laughs> I was a hand user before, like everything. And it's because sponges always gave me pimples because it like harbored so much bacteria. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but this one does, luckily. Well, um, it's been so great having you on, Mira. But before you go, we like to ask, with this being handling it, what's a piece of advice or a lesson you've learned along the way that's really helped you handle your life? The best decisions I've ever made was say, fuck it and go. Yeah. <laughs> Can I curse? Yes, <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> like, 
having my kid getting pregnant at like 19 it's like fuck it let's go and he is like the best thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> same with like picking up the job at ipsy i was pretty happy you know doing freelance work but when i saw this opportunity and fell in love with the concept i was like fuck it take the job mm-hmm. uh so just say fuck it and like go with it yeah I, everything turns out okay yeah, we've had working women on the podcast before, and I have such mad respect. I love having you all on. It's so great to hear your stories, and you have such a great story, and I love this company, and I can't wait for everybody to check it out. Um, <laughs> Thank doing... you for having me. You're of such course, a blast. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you so much, and continue to stay safe with everything going on wild but yeah stay (laughs) safe out in california (laughs) yes you too thank you so much well i hope you all loved hearing from mira and learning about her story with juno as i mentioned earlier the skincare and makeup industry is taking off right now especially during the pandemic, and it makes it such an exciting time for companies like Juno & Co. to expand and reach their audiences. So if you're interested in checking out their products or keeping up with Mira's journey, links to the website and social media handles are listed in our episode bio. So thank you, Mira, so much for coming on, and thank you, listeners, so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. We'll see you in two weeks with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.